Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. You're listening to Bears Nation podcast. This is Josh. Uh, we have Chris and Jake with us, and let's get to hello, talking hello. about let's get to talk about this this week's game. It was phenomenal in the sense that it's a W, it's a win. Um, I don't care how we won; it was a win. Um, I do care how we won. That's what we're going to talk about. But I know for a fact that uh, Jake has some ranting to do, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the floor. And here you here you go, Bears fans. Thank you. <laughs> Um, yes, I have some thoughts. I need all of the people saying that Trubisky's trash, that he's inaccurate, that he's not going to be good. I need you off my timeline. I needed you off my timeline last week. I'm sick of it. I don't want to hear it anymore. The kids had 14 starts, including yesterday. I'm so over it. Give the dude some time. He was playing with John Fox. This is essentially his rookie year. He's essentially starting from scratch. He's building it up. I thought there were a lot of really good positives from week one to week two. So I need all the people who are nitpicking every throw, every rollout, every drop back, get off my timeline, get out of my house. In this house, we respect Mitch Trubisky and we give him the time he needs to develop. Hey, but, you know, I, I've, I've heard through the grapevine that some people are comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I need the Patrick Mahomes comparisons to stop too because Mahomes had a full year and a competent offense with a good quarterback to learn behind and now he's finally stepping up and he doesn't have a lot of film on him he does have his weaknesses too they just haven't been exposed yet Trubisky had a lot of his weaknesses exposed last year in a crappy offense I'm okay with it I mean if they're gonna do it for like the right reasons if they're doing it to say oh look at this the Bears should have taken Pat Mahomes instead then no get out of my house but if you want to say, okay, look at how they're progressing each as individuals and look at kind of these similarities that Mitch has and the positive progressions that Pat Mahomes has had, fine. I'm here for a healthy um, educational discussion about it. But if everyone's just going to say, oh, Trubisky's done, the Bears should have took Mahomes instead. No, out of my house, wipe your feet on the way out. And I'm over it, and Mitch is going to be good, and he's going to be the Bears quarterback for the next probably 10 years, and I need – all these people who are already calling him a bust <laughs> off my timeline and out of my house. There it is. There it is. You know, I'm I'm 100% with Jake here. I I just the overreactions just have to stop. It's I mean, people do it every game and last year it was Watson, this year it's Mahomes. Like just give these guys That's why I always say give the give each of the top quarterbacks about 3 to 4 years and then we can we can, you know, reevaluate everything, but I mean, just just saying the Bears should have taken this guy or that guy right now is just premature and just dumb, in my opinion. It's ignorant. I mean, when did when did Rodgers come into his own? Do you know um, how how long did he sit behind Brett Favre? 
Rodgers, uh, I believe, like four years, three, four yeah. years. It was it was a while because I the, he was drafted in 2011, and yeah, it, it had to be. No, wait, that doesn't. No, make he was sense. drafted like 2007. Oh, yeah. 2007, I think. 2007, I think it was. Yeah, Rodgers was the same draft as Alex Smith. I know. Yeah, he was. Uh, why do I why do I keep thinking 2005 now? It had to be 2005 because 2007 was Favre's last year in Green Bay. Okay, that so, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, three years. It's interesting because a lot of these, like, who we consider like the best quarterbacks, I feel like they took some time. I mean, Peyton Manning, like he's he yeah. wasn't awful at first, but he threw how many interceptions to touchdowns? Like, it was, it was bad. Um, I mean, even he, once, even once wasn't a starter right away. Yeah, yeah. And, or he wasn't yeah. supposed to be at least. Um, what's his face? Um, anyways, a lot, of, all of them, like all of them, they take, they take time to get ready. <laughs> and I mean, right. even Pat, like if you're going to make the Pat Mahomes comparison, he, he already said it, but like he had an entire season to sit down and just learn the playbook and watch, watch somebody else do it. You know, like the exact playbook that he's going under Trubisky is literally being thrown into the fire and saying like, good luck. I hope you can do it because if not, you'll be replaced. And so he has I mean, that fire behind him. Watching, I can only imagine. I mean, Mahomes got to watch Alex Smith for a year. Trubisky watched Mike Glennon and Mark Sanchez before he got to start. I mean, that's like that's like watching your five-year-old nephew do calculus, and then watching your college professor do it. Like it's <laughs> it's it's crazy. I mean, it's unbelievable. And also, just a callback, Rodgers was drafted in 2005, became the starter in 2008. So three years. Gotcha. And I'm not I'm not comparing Trubisky to Rodgers, but I'm just saying, like, these these really good quarterbacks, like, they took time to get to where they were. Even, oh, this is the guy I was going to mention, um, Andrew Luck. Like, he throws a pick literally every game. <laughs> like, I th- I'm pretty sure he throws an interception every single game. But he'll throw three touchdowns, too. Like, yep they all take time to develop and if you if you win that's what you want you want a game manager who wins um and that's what we've that's what we had that's what we had last week like he won the game i wouldn't say it was a game manager he gave up two picks but one of them wasn't his fault it was a tip and the other one i they tried to say it was a good play on um on the griffin boy whatever his name is i can't remember they try they tried to say it was a good play on him but it was it was underthrown in my opinion and um like i'm not gonna give him any grace there like that was just a bad throw but that being said there were a lot of good throws too um um, and then the other thing that was wrong with trubisky was man he just couldn't calm down like he he just looked like he looks like an ADD kid. He was like, <laughs> see, I, I thought, I thought there were some points that, and you're right. There was definitely some po- moments when you can see him get a little frazzled and get a little, uh, for lack of a better term shook. But I mean, I thought there were also some moments where he really came to himself in the pocket, set his feet and made some really nice throws. The Anthony Miller touchdown, I think is a perfect example of that rolled out to his left, which everyone thought was a weakness of his and tosses a really nice ball to Anthony Miller in the end zone. Granted Miller ran a really great route there and absolutely Mm -hmm. stuck the corner and went the other opposite direction. But still, I mean, Trubisky showed really nice poise and concentration on a throw that everyone thought was a weakness for him. The only thing I'm I'm really worried about though, is at least right now, and this will this will go away with time with knowing the playbook, but 
after his first read, like he he does like if that guy's not open, he does have a hard time and he just goes straight to running the ball. Like and yeah. at least yeah. that's just what I noticed. I like I I told you guys before I'm not a analyst. I'm not perfect at all in right. the way I read things. Like I'm just watching as a fan and um that that was just what I noticed. Like he was like read one's missing. Oh no, oh no, oh no run and he got yards like he did like he ran and got first downs and like I was proud of him for that but at the same time I mean what could have been if you'd have just found the next guy that was open but anyways yeah well I mean and that goes away with the thing with the right and I I think I and I I do agree with you you definitely do see that and uh, I mean just going back to what I said I mean you can definitely see him get nervous sometimes especially when that first read isn't there sometimes but I mean again like there are times where that athleticism like bails him out. I mean, on that Cohen 17 yard pass where he had to back yeah. up, he pumped, saw that Cohen was off balance, waited for him to get his balance back, stopped, stepped back a little bit, bought himself some time and then floated that ball really nicely right where it needed to be. So I, I think even from week one to week two, you saw he was better with that. He was, mm-hmm. he wasn't in his head as much. And we've all said it during this rant. It'll get better with time. Like he's got all the skill. He can bomb it like he can run, um, and we've seen him cool. We've seen cool Trubisky like first half of Green Bay. I felt like he was cool Trubisky, like he was really cool. Like 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 we said last week, he came out and calmed the crowd because he was so confident. Um, we've seen Trubisky cool, um, and he just has to access that. Uh, last week, I just feel like I mean, he was. Go ahead. He only missed nine throws all night. Yeah, and that's pretty good. I mean, granted, it was only for 200 yards, but still, I mean, that's that, I mean, that's consistency at least. I mean, they gave him 34 attempts, and he only missed nine of them. So, I mean, that's pretty good. I, I think, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it. But from week one to week two, I saw a lot of really positive developments. So let's 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 talk about some of the positives, not just of Trubisky, but just the offense in general. What are, what are some positives you guys got out of? Um, I mean, we hit on Mitch. I mean, I'll I'll just reiterate those really quickly. I mean. I thought he wasn't in his head as much. I thought he sat in the pocket, showed a lot more composure this week. I thought he went through his reads a lot better. Um, you know, in in week one, I, once things started to fall apart, you saw he kind of started overthinking things. I think that was a lot better this week. I thought he showed a lot more composure. Um, elsewhere, um, I mean, still the running game was still – it wasn't as prominent this week, but, I mean, Seattle still has a decent front seven against a rushing attack. They're, we talked about before, their defense isn't what it used to be, but it's still – I mean, it's against the run, they're still pretty decent. Um, one thing that I thought was really good I, – I'll end my positives here because I don't want to steal any from you guys – Alan, I'm sure I'm stealing it from Chris, but Alan Robinson, a lot more involved. We we said that he needed to be more involved. He had 10 catches for 83 yards. Trubisky looked for him often, especially to bail him out a couple times. That was awesome. I think that was a really positive thing. Alan Robinson becoming a lot more prominent. Yeah, um, for me, the biggest thing that I've been thinking about, um, not just from last game, but uh, against Green Bay as well, just these first two weeks, is uh, Jordan's Howard, Jordan Howard's pass catching. This guy mm. looks like a complete running back now, and it is scary to think about. If they yeah. can give this guy 20-plus carries a game and just use him as a pass catcher as well, along with Tariq Cohen, I mean, the options to, to destroy defenses with are endless. Mm-hmm. Jordan Howard's making difficult catches too, not just not just the easy ones. Yeah. Like um, yeah, that exactly. one where Michael Kendricks like almost intercepted it. That's not an easy catch to make. Like he didn't see the. That ball. was a hell of a throw, though, too. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a terrifying throw. Like I, my heart oh, dropped. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought he, he had picked it. it. So did I. Me too. Yeah. Um, and that's a hard catch because he, you don't see it until it's in your hands, basically. And he, he was able to bobble it and catch it, and then also make make yards out of it, which was awesome. Um, do you have any other positive positives, Chris? Um, not, not. I mean, I think our offensive line um, looks pretty good still. Um, they had their moments. Bobby Massey still looks a little bit shaky. Uh, but, you know, overall, the offensive line, I think, was solid once again. And, you know, if they, they can just be solid, um, it'll help Mitch out. And then, you know, our, our that'll mean our offense improves. And, you know, we'll have a complete team. So um, I, I like what I'm seeing all around. Uh, just hopefully um, just Mitch shows a little bit more poise and just – figures this out really quick and and i think we'll be we'll be set um one thing that for some reason the casters like the team kind of rolled over um which kind of worried me i don't know why nobody said anything but when kyle long got hurt he had that ankle thing and he was limping man i, I wish we had more context about that i, I want to know how he's doing you guys remember that yeah yeah um i was watching the game with my buddies and uh we we all just like we were all talking and then we just stopped and <laughs> staring at the tv for a little bit then he got back up and it was all good but yeah that that definitely did make my heart stop a little bit i i feel like in that situation i mean he was able to walk off which is a good sign even if it was with a bit of a limp um i i think they probably held him out more precautionary because like you said, Josh of that surgery and he has been getting routine days off at practice and stuff. So I, I feel like until we actually hear something concrete, I feel like we don't have to be worried. Mm-hmm. I, I feel it was more of just a precautionary thing just to make sure he doesn't hurt it even more. But they are really secretive with Kyle Long for some reason. Like they don't, I, and I, I mean, I know why it's, he's the heart of the offensive line too. So, right. I, I think him him being in or out of that lineup really changes how a defense can game plan for their rush and for their pass rush. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about the offense not really including Kevin White at all? Is that is that okay, or you guys want to see more of him? Chris, I'll give you this one because you tweeted about it the other yeah. night. Um, yeah, I just – I was talking about this all game long with my friends. Um, I just – don't understand why like it seems like we only have three receivers on this team like even Trey Burton it isn't really as involved as I'd like him to be so it's like Anthony Miller Taylor Gabriel and Allen Robinson and Kevin White and um I mean Javon Williams not even active so I'm not really understanding what what's going on there but I mean Nagy knows more than I do so I'm not really gonna like bash him for it but I would like to see White and Williams a lot more I just don't understand like I, I don't understand how it could hurt um, you know, just adds a different dynamic to the offense when you have two uh, other receivers that, are, that have potential. So um, I just want to see those guys involved more, but can't really complain right now because the receivers that are playing are playing pretty damn well. Can I provide a counterpoint to that just as to play a little from the opposite side? Yeah. I feel like the way that we've seen Trubisky play the last two weeks – I mean, he's slowly taking these steps in his development. We're seeing, we've seen him get better from week one to week two. I feel like right now it's more of building that kind of chemistry with Robinson and Gabriel and Miller 
which he's doing. I mean, we, like I said, we saw Allen Robinson's catches and targets jump up. Um, even Trey Burton, I mean, Trey Burton had four catches on four targets. So after having one catch last week, so I still think that's a positive development. Um, Taylor Gabriel had seven targets. Anthony Miller had three. He had two catches, obviously the touchdown catch. I feel like Kevin White, you're right. He does add that other dynamic to the offense. And I feel like they maybe aren't ready to unveil that because they're still letting Mitch get comfortable in the basics of the offense and kind of, they're just trying to take it one step. Cause I mean, I, I feel like we saw Kevin white more in the preseason because that's when you can experiment a little bit. I feel like now that it's regular season, they're kind of just trying to get something set in stone before they move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say one more thing really quick. Um, I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, um, like, do you guys think they're going to, based on, I mean, right now it seems like an easy decision, but do you think White will play more? Because, I mean, if it keeps, if it continues like this, there's no way we bring him back, right? Yeah, I, um, see, what I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it, what, two, three weeks ago, what we need to see for Kevin White to come back. Yeah. So I, I feel like, yeah, right now, obviously, he's barely seeing the field. So I feel like right now, unless he agrees to like a one or two non-guaranteed contract, then sure. But I, uh, I, t- I tweeted this. There's a really good stretch and good as in the Bears can win a lot of these games coming up. I feel like then he'll slowly start getting integrated more as the offense kind of progresses and matures a little bit more. Because right now, Khalil Mack has more catches than Kevin White. <laughs> and more touchdowns. So, um, do, you, do you agree with the rant of give Jordan Howard the ball more? Yeah. Um, are you with, Are you happy with the game plan so far? Jake, you can take this one first. See, the thing is, I'm, I would like to see – I mean, Howard got 14 carries – this week and I, I mean he had more than that in week one I forget the exact number and I ideally I'd like to see him more in that 2025 range with Cohen I mean Cohen only got four carries I'd like to see Cohen more in the 10 to 13 range but also I mean sometimes your game plan just doesn't call for that I think this week they their game plan was more of like all right let Mitch get these short to medium throws build his confidence kind of get comfortable in the offense and they could afford to do that with the lead um so they didn't have to like play catch up or try to play conservatively like they did against green Bay. Um, I think going forward, the offense does become more balanced. I think you do see a little bit more of Howard and Cohen, but also, I mean, think of, I mean, look at it this way. Taylor Gabriel got three carries too. Um, so I, I mean, which is kind of, I mean, more than you'd expect from a wide receiver. So I, I think that number does go up in the future. But, I mean, for the sake of this game and what happened to this game, I'm okay with it. And I, I don't think it stays like this, though. I, I think those carries do increase in the future. Yeah. it. I mean, it has to. It, it just it, This guy is too good to just let him, you know, not be involved. He, he has to get 20-plus carries. He has to touch the ball 20-plus times every game. Um, you know, it, he's just that type of player where, you know, he, the offense runs through him. It has to. I mean, in my opinion, he's our best offensive player, and it's really not even close. Um, so, you know, the, the, you got to go through your best players and then that's how you win games. I mean, it's not really uh, rocket science, but you know, like you said, Jake, I think, I think, uh, they're going to involve him a lot more. Um, just trying to hopefully ease him in, um, him and Tariq Cohen use him different ways and you know, it'll be successful. Hopefully. 
What's what's a little scary about the run though, um, in Jordan Howard because you guys know how much I I, I really like Jordan Howard. I think he's a great player, but um, I don't know if he had enough room to run on Monday night's game. Like I, I felt like I felt like he kept getting stopped short yardage. I don't, what was his longest? What was his longest run? Seven yards. Yeah. So Cohen's was three. I think they were just doing a really good job. Seattle was bringing pressure most of the night. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with the output from the rushing attack this week, especially because it was so good in week one. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jake, that it's, it, it'll go up. It's just frustrating to watch now. Let's move on. Loving the defense. Yes, loving the defense. <laughs> that, is the new, that is the new topic that we're going to talk about. It is nothing new in Chicago, though. This is something we're used to, and we want to see more of it. Let's talk about the defense um when we talk about chicago defense what do we talk about nowadays khalil mack yes uh chris you want to talk about khalil mack a little bit oh my god where do i start with this oh does he (laughs) oh man this guy is just i mean i i'm not even joking when i say this call me crazy i really don't give a shit up I would I would give up five first rounders for him. I'm I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm literally not even kidding. This guy, it, like, it's not even it's not even what he does. It's just every single player on this defense looks like a different player because of him. Like Danny Trevathan, I okay, he's a great player. He's been good for us when he's been healthy, but he just looks like a completely different player these past two games. He's everywhere, and it's I don't know if you guys are noticing it, but like. Everybody seems to be feeding off of it, and they like. Um, yesterday, I noticed something. After every, after every like big play, they would all just get e- extremely hype, and it's like something we haven't seen in a while. Like, yeah, they were just having fun out there, man. It was so fun to watch. I, I yeah, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> oh, real quick, I, I was I'm looking at ESPN, and they give all kinds of like random stats and stuff. Um, the win probability for at the beginning of the game was 54.6%. Guess what the win probability at the end of the game was? What? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um, anyways, I thought that was, that was cheesy. I'm sorry. But uh, another cool um, stat they gave was the stadium was 94% full. So good job, Chicago. I think that's a really good end. A lot of people are going to say that a lot of that was for the Brian Urlacher uh, ceremony, but I also think that that's going to be kind of the status quo going forward. I think that stadium is going to be pretty full going forward, especially if this defense plays the way it has been the last two weeks and if mm-hmm. the offense progresses the way we think it will. I think Soldier Field is going to be relatively full all season. Yeah, and I just wanted to throw something out there. I mean, Soldier Field's packed whether we suck or, or not. I mean, True. It, it, our, our fans are some of the most loyal fans in sports, so um, you know, our fans travel, our fans sell out every game. You know, there's, I'm pretty sure there's like a, like, y- there's a year uh, waiting list for season tickets or something like that. So, um, you know, our, our fans are, our fans are going to be supportive no matter what. So yeah, it, it, that's, that's great to hear. Um, Rokon Smith, he got, he got the start. Uh, how do you guys feel like he, how do you guys think he did? I think he had a lot. I was excited to see him out there. I think he had some really nice hits, even though some of them uh, may have been uh, like 
he wouldn't have popped out or um, they might have been, there were a couple that he hit the guy and they were already incomplete, but he was just making a play on the receiver and the ball ended up hitting the ground or something like that. I remember there was one, one play that he hit Rashad Penny on, I think, and it ended up being an incomplete pass. But I mean, the way he flew in and just kind of stopped the whole, I mean, Rashad's Penny entire forward motion was unbelievable. I, I think as we see more of Roquan Smith, I think just, it's going to keep going on. I think we're going to have more and more good things to say about him as the season goes on. Yeah, he, he was, um, he was everywhere as well. Uh, I, I know he missed, he missed, I think a tackle or two in the beginning of the game, but um, he, he looked a lot comfortable as the game went on. And um, remember this is his first start. So um, mm-hmm. we also got to give him time uh, just like we're giving our quarterback uh, the same amount of time. And, and um, you know, we, we just got to, be patient with some of these young players uh but yeah Roquan's gonna be a stud I've no no there's no doubt in my mind um and yeah him next to Danny Trevathan is just absolutely scary mm-hmm. they're they're pretty similar players too in their speed in this in the sense of pretty good coverage oh yeah and they're yeah, really they're, smart they're, they're they're definitely very similar players and they're both really good so yeah it's 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 really really exciting um my guy Aaron Lynch I was just going to say that. We got to talk about your boy, Josh. (laughs) He had a sack and a tackle for loss and a quarterback. So he was, he was putting on the pressure. Uh, I didn't realize, okay. He, he's really big. He's a defense, like a, a lineman and an outside linebacker. I didn't realize how big he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he's he's a beast. Um, There was a play I was watching that it was, I forget. I think it was a run play and Rashad Penny tried to cut up the middle and just Aaron Lynch's massive arm just comes out of nowhere and just completely with one arm just stops Rashad Penny in his tracks like behind the line of scrimmage and I'm sure there was someone else on the back end of that tackle too but I mean like you said Josh he's just big and I think I mean before the the Khalil Mack trade we kind of talked about like okay what can we expect from Aaron Lynch like he's supposed to be that guy opposite Leonard Floyd I think in situational pass rush and like just kind of a more of a scaled down role where he doesn't have to be as prominent and as mm-hmm. featured, I think he's going to be very, very effective for this defensive front. Yeah. And I, um, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. Um, sorry to cut you off. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, he looked really, really good yesterday. Like he, I mean, he was fast and like you said, he was, he was a lot bigger than I expected. He, he looked huge and, um, he's tall. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's very tall. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But I mean, if if this guy can produce as like a rotational player, like Jake said, I mean, come on, is this defense even fair? Like, come yeah. on, that that's yeah. insane to think about. Yeah, and I mean, I think he's gonna give us maybe six, seven sacks this year, which would be phenomenal. Um, he had a there's a play where the offensive lineman like punched him in the face. Did you guys see that? Like literally, it looked it looked like a bam, just punched him in the face, and then it didn't even phase him. Like he he went in, and that's when he got his tackle for the loss. I'm pretty sure in that play, but uh, I was I was I was impressed because I, I don't know if that's legal. Like he like straight up, it, it it might be, I don't know, but like punched him in the face, and he just just threw him off and went in and got the tackle, and it was pretty awesome. Um, do you guys, whenever before the before the snap happens, can you tell by the line? if a big play is going to happen like when i'm watching them and i it's like their engines are revving like there's that that play where Khalil Mack um got the strip sack like there was something about the way he was lined up or like 
about to go. I was like, hey, something's about to happen right here. Do you guys get that feeling too before? Sometimes. I just, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. I just always assume there's going to be a big play. <laughs> I mean, with this defensive front, like, I mean, Fair especially enough. the way that the Seahawks offensive line just looked so overwhelmed. Like, I just always, I just kept assuming there was going to be a big play that happened. There's eight quarterback hits. Yeah. This doesn't tell this doesn't tell me how many pressures there were, but eight quarterback hits and then the six ta- I mean, sacks. They're leading the league in sacks. I mean, the yeah. Bears defense has ten sacks through two games. That's crazy. It's it's, it's just it's, it's ridiculous. And I mean, um, that's with Leonard Floyd playing with one hand. <laughs> yeah, this is nuts. I I, I that's. That's one of the most my one of my most popular tweets last night was guys this defense is nuts it didn't have a picture no punctuation like I'm trying really hard to get some of my my tweets out there um and that's the one that got like retweets like come on because that's the one that's just so simple and just so relatable because that's there's not much more you can say like that's it <laughs> like that's yeah. the tweet <laughs> yeah this this defense is nuts but um I did have a tweet that got a little a little love. And that was the Trubrusky to Miller time. You, you finally got that? to bust it out. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's going to be a thing. You just wait. Everybody's going to be saying it. Oh, Trubrusky, Miller time. <laughs> it's perfect. And it makes sense. No, okay. Um, special teams. Oh, wait, no, no. Are we done? No, oh, no, we didn't talk about Amukamara's uh, pick did, six. Yeah. That was amazing. He get, That's one of ten. Um, he's his first pick to, in 42 games. Yeah, he's got nine more to go. Nine more. Come on. I'd I'd like to make one note on Kyle Fuller. Uh, I saw him getting kind of a little bit ragged on for that touchdown he gave up. That's an incredible pass by Russell Wilson. And I, I don't think there's much that Fuller can do on that play. I mean, yeah, you can ask him to turn around and kind of try and make more of a play on the ball, but he played the defender on that and he played him pretty darn tight. Like that was really good coverage. I think that's just a really nice placement of a throw by Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, my tweet was two weeks in a row on Fuller. He literally couldn't have played that ball any better. Maybe turn his head and intercept it. I don't know, but great job, Fuller. Like, he was he was glued to him. He was on top of him. He was smothering him almost. I mean, he was practically on him. It was almost a PI. Like he was all over him so much. Like right. Um, so I'm not. I don't, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Um, I'm, I've I've never really big been a huge fan of Kyle Fuller. Um, one thing that just bothers me about him is I just feel like he. <laughs> This has been something that I've noticed since he came to the league, and it's like he's a he's a good corner, but it's just his mechanics just seem off, and he's never really improved them. Improved mm-hmm. them. Um, and I, I get what you're saying, Jake, about how like he was he was right on him, but he just he has to learn how to turn his head. And I'm not even really talking about that play because Russell Wilson put that in a place where not many quarterbacks can, but um, it's just in general. I just I just would like him to turn his head a little bit more. And honestly. Early in his career, I don't know if you guys remember, but he got flagged so many times because he'd never turned his head, um, mm-hmm. and he's kind of cut down on that. But if, if he turns his head, he, he just it'll avoid so many big plays that just don't need to happen. No, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like I, I think with the money we just paid him, Kyle Fuller should be better. But on those that particular play, like that was just, like you said, it was just a perfect pass, and even the Devonte Adams 
one in the, the back. It was, no, not Devontae Adams. Uh, Allison, whatever. That, that, Geronimo Allison. Uh, yeah. Shout out Illinois. Yeah, yeah, Geronimo Allison. Yeah. Um, he, uh, that was just a perfectly placed ball. Like, it was just, I feel bad for him. But, yeah, I agree. Like, he needs to be better. He needs to get us interceptions. Like, we just paid him big bucks. To live live up to it, like Khalil Mack, we paid him big bucks. He's living up to it. We pay you big bucks. We expect you to produce. You know. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he's getting paid. He's getting paid. I think. Um, I'm almost positive he's getting paid. I think it was like top seven or top eight cornerback money, which is pretty insane. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he he's. I've been hard on him, but I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I'm probably gonna be even tougher on him now because I mean. Look! Look at what he's getting paid at this point. So yeah, the, um, the thing I, is with his contract is you couldn't let him go though. Yeah, because yeah, no, I mean I agree. It, I agree. Because like if there was someone better, if there was a better option out there, I would have said fine. But I mean, let's be real: the Bears weren't about to go get um uh, Malcolm Butler. They weren't about to go get one of these top corners. They weren't going to go get Marcus Peters or Keep Talib. So I mean. For how Fuller performed, and obviously the Packers gave offered him that big contract. If the, who knows if they really wanted to sign him or if they just wanted the Bears to overpay him, whatever it was, you had to bring him back because Amukamar is fine as a number two, and Bryce Callahan's fine as a slot corner. But you bump those two up to number one and number two corner mm. status, then you just don't have that strong of a secondary. Do I think Kyle Fuller is a top seven corner in the league? No, but I do think he's number one corner capable. Capable. I think he does a fine job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The one, the one guy um, I really wanted this offseason was Tremaine Johnson. I think he would have been yeah. perfect uh, in our defense. With I think Fangio would have turned him into literally, arguably a top five corner. That's how good I think he is, and you know how Fangio um, gets these corners going. So um, that's the guy I, I kind of wanted to see. But um, once, once he, I think he got signed. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the first day free agency opened up. I think he signed with the Jets. Yeah, the Jets. Um, and, um, after that I was like, yeah, we just got to bring Fuller back. I mean, it's a, it's a no brainer at this point. Um, so that's an interesting point. Draft comes back around based off needs. Now, where do you think we spend our draft? pick? It's like, tough. Um, like, uh, I, I take, ahead, take best, take best, best available out of the picture. Like, let's say we're drafting on needs. What are, where do uh, we draft? I, to me, I think there's one glaring need. And we just touched on it, and that's cornerback. Yeah, I, I really don't don't see another position. Maybe maybe another maybe another tackle, but yeah, um, that's the, just corner and tackle right now are the two two things that I I could think of. I would put offensive line at the top of the list ahead of corner. I do still think you need some secondary depth, but I don't think you need to go and get a starting cornerback. I think the secondary's fine, like I said. I, I mean, I, th- I think Fuller is still better than what we've seen in these two weeks. Um, obviously, he does have the propensity to sometimes give up a bad play, but, I mean, even the last two plays he's given up weren't even that bad. I mean, it's just uh, he went up against two really good cornerbacks, arguably. I mean, Rodgers is arguably the top quarterback in the league. And Wilson's arguably top five. Um, I, I think offensive line is the top need. I don't think it's close. You have issues at tackle. Uh, <clears throat> Leno's getting better, but I mean, still, who? Uh, Bobby Massey's still iffy. Obviously, there's been injuries along the interior of the line. 
Cody Whitehair still, I mean, you never know what you're going to get from him on a game-to-game basis. So I think offensive line is definitely has to be at the top of your board, barring some kind of injury or something like that. Yeah, th- cool. those are the two. Those are the two um, uh, positions definitely. The the reason why I bring up corner, um, it's not really that our our secondary is bad. It's just I feel like we've improved so much that there aren't really. I mean, that's the that's the worst out of the best, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and having having depth in your secondary is always a good thing to have. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that that's another thing too. You you need depth there, um, always. I mean, because because after Bryce Callahan, I mean, yeah, I know he's you know once you get into that to that you know cornerback uh, four, cornerback five territory, um, it's never gonna be an elite player. But I mean, I still think we like you said we we can um, get some more depth over there. Uh, how do you think safeties are are playing? I, I haven't been paying attention. That's why I'm asking. I think safeties have been fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie Jackson's doing Eddie Jackson things. Amos is just killing everybody that he sees. So um, both of them look really good. And, you know, that I feel like they complement each other so well. And Eddie Jackson is great in coverage. And Amos is like a, sec, it's like a, a linebacker almost. So, um, you know, they, they, they complement each other really well. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with everything Chris just said. Eddie Jackson's definitely showing progression. Adrian Amos is still very consistent. I'm sitting here looking at um, free agents for next year and mm-hmm. on cornerback. And we, there's there's a few guys that um, Bradley Roby. Um, who else? And that's barring they don't get contract extensions. But uh, Jason Verrett from Chargers. Um, geez, can you imagine? He's, he's not going geez. anywhere. There's no way they let him walk out that door. Yeah. And do, then, do you think? Uh, uh, just one quick question. Um, you know, he's been he's been banged up these last few years. You don't think that that uh, it kind of makes them worry a little bit? I, I think the talent still far outweighs the. I mean, you you let him walk out that door, especially to someone in the AFC like the Raiders, that you're gonna feel that forever. Yeah, yeah I agree. And then Darquez. Denard, I don't know if you know him. Dark, I yeah, yeah. I'd never heard of him. That's, he plays for the Michigan, yeah, Michigan State. Good yep. job, dude. You're a baller. Anyways, yeah, he's, he's he plays for the Bengals. He's available next year. Yeah. Um. He, I, I feel like he, that would actually be a really good option. You know, he, he'd be, he'd be okay with being a number number three type of cornerback, and he's he's very solid and still very young and wouldn't be that expensive. So I, that's that's a very realistic target, I'd say, right now. Cool. Anyways, that was a rant, um, or a rabbit trail. Um, special teams, they were awesome. Tariq Cohen, was, he was amazing. Uh, created something out of nothing multiple times. Um, and that's what he does uh, the best. But um, they threw Anthony Miller in there a couple of times. Was that because they, they sent it his way? or? Um, um, I, I believe so, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's kind of what it looked like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, and then let's talk about next game. Uh, Arizona. Against the, against the Cardinals. Are, are you guys Worst scared? team in the league. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys scared about that game at all? Or? Am, know, I scared of, am I scared of Glassman, Sam Bradford, and or Mike Glennon? No. <laughs> I saw, I saw um, Chris's tweet. He said something about, like, I can't remember. He said something on the lines, like, it's the Bears. Like, we should always be afraid or something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, realistically, if if Sam Bradford is not in an ambulance by the end of this game, I'd be shocked. 
That, that, if, if Sam Bradford doesn't retire by the end of this game, I'll <laughs> if be Sam shocked. Bradford doesn't retire at halftime, I'm gonna be shocked. <laughs> That's a Vontae Davis shout out, by the way, fans. If you don't know, he uh, retired because he just couldn't take it anymore at halftime. Like, I cannot believe that happened. Like, well, you, you know what he did? He, his $5 million salary was guaranteed. He secured yeah. the bag and said, peace. <laughs> that is so dirty, man. Like, beyond dirty. I, can't, I cannot believe that that happened. But uh, anyways, yeah, so next week next week should be fun to watch. Um, even their defense is, is questionable at best. Even with Patrick Peterson, like, it's just it's, it's all in shambles. You just avoid him all game, and you're going to be on fire. Yeah, At least that's what it seems like. I don't want to be too bold, but that's just what I'm predicting. I think next, I think next week could be a big Trey Burton game. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the Cardinals are one of the worst teams in the league. They're probably going to be picking in the top three um, in the draft this year. So th- this is a game the Bears should absolutely crush them. This could be a huge confidence booster as the season moves along. And you know, I mean, I'm it. I know. I don't want to dis- keep like disrespecting the Cardinals, but like, I mean, this is a good, maybe a good confidence booster for Trubisky if he could just get it going. Uh, I'll I'll do just... it, Chris. The Cardinals stink. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not. I'm definitely not disagreeing with you. But, um, you know, I feel like all we have to do to win this game is just play our game, stop David Johnson, and you know, just 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 play how we how we were playing in the first half against Green Bay and how we're playing in the first half against Seattle for the most part. I concur with everything that was just said. Um, so, again, ESPN has the cool little stats to look up in their matchup predictor. says that we're, we only have a 55.4% chance. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That should Dumb. be 75% at least. <laughs> yeah, I actually, at least. I, I actually saw that. Yeah, I, I, saw, I think I saw that last night, and I was like, there's no way that that, that can't be right. That'll um, change, I think. It will. It will. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the the Vikings Packers tie. Um, I think it kind of confirmed, at least made me feel a lot better about the Packers loss because both of those teams, are Super Bowl contenders, right? Like everybody's saying, oh, they're they're going Super Bowl. One of them, at least, for us to be able to compete with the Packers and keep it down to 24 points, or even keep Rodgers to zero touchdowns until the fourth quarter or whatever it was, we're a really good team. Like, I'm I'm impressed with us. Like, that, that, they said it in, in the press multiple times. Like, the game came down. If if we could change one play in in, in that game, like, could have turned this game around um, yeah. multiple times. And so, like, know, the fact – go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Sorry to cut you off again, man. No. Uh, but uh, I was actually – yeah, I was literally thinking the same exact thing last night. Um, it, it It's – it makes me feel a lot better, but at the same time, it sucks just a little bit more because we were so close. Like we could have started start off two and zero. You know what I mean? It it stings a little bit more. But seeing how Roger was moving down the field on that Minnesota defense, and um, you know, Minnesota Minnesota is a Super Bowl contender for sure. Um, Green Bay's a play a playoff team. I think we can all agree with that. Um, but Minnesota was supposed to blow the brakes off Green Bay this year at least that's what you know the media and everybody was making it seem like so I mean they give up it was uh what what did the score end 29-29 so, uh, I think that was or, close something like that I don't know that, yeah I don't... so so I mean 
like you said, I mean, the Vikings gave gave up more points than we did. So, I mean, that's... 29-29. 29-29, yeah. So, um, you know, like you said, Josh, it's... it's if we're legit. We're legit. If we can just get our offense going, I mean, like, we, we, we're almost... We're almost there. We've almost got it. Yeah, I agree. I have somewhat of a hot take. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Let's hear it. I think losing to the Packers in the way we did is actually better for the team going forward than if we had won. That That is actually I, – I, I agree with that because another thing to add on to that is I would rather have them get, get that get that crap out of the way now so we you know learn from it and so it doesn't happen again. Well, I, do I also want to hear, I want like, to hear why, I, Jake. Yeah, I, I think it's like if you win that game – it's kind of like, okay, we beat Green Bay. Then going forward, you're like, you can kind of rest on that for a couple weeks. I feel like they wouldn't have come out as hard against Seattle this week as they did. I feel like things would like, I, I feel like it would have been a much more relaxed kind of atmosphere. And then maybe you lose this game. I feel like losing to Green Bay in the manner that you do, knowing that a win in Lambeau was within your reach, I feel like that's like an igniter. I feel like that lights a fire underneath them as a team. And I feel like going forward, like, all right, we got to get to week 11. When we play them again, we need to kick their asses because we should have last time and we didn't. And I feel like that really propels them through the next few weeks and I mean, perhaps the whole season. In week eleven, Trubisky better have this better have this offense down. And if he does, if Trubisky has this down, we don't lose that game. Like by the right. way, like. And that's why I'm saying. Uh, that's yeah. why I said in my rant, come back to me in week 10, 11, 12, and then talk to me about Trubisky and how he's looking. Yeah, I agree. I think we had some pretty solid points. And if you're listening to this podcast, you are now ten times more knowledgeable. So. At least ten times. At, at least. <laughs> Um, no, I always have a good time talking with you guys about the Bears, and just it just confirms some of the thoughts that I have throughout the entire game. Like, number one, Bears fans are so fluid. Like, they <laughs> they that was very much putting it nicely. Up and down, up and down. Like one second they're like, "Oh, Trubisky, did you see that throw? He's court. He's he's a uh, NFL ready." And then bam, like he throws an interception. Trubisky sucks. Like, yeah, I was I was I was ready to uh, I was ready to start uh, giving out the Will Greer propaganda. You guys saw that. <laughs> oh man, Chris, Chris that, that no, tweet got I, me I just, a little heated. I'm not gonna lie, no, I was a dude, little upset at that tweet. You guys, you guys gotta know when I'm joking, man. I I, I literally just mess around half the time. But all right, Bears fans, thanks for listening. That was another Bears Nation podcast. Um, if you enjoyed it, subscribe, follow, whatever you do. Um, let us know on Go Twitter. to the Apple Store and rate all of us five stars on all their phones. All five. Yeah, that is, that is a beautiful idea. Um, hey, and then also, like, if if you listen to the podcast, give us a shout-out on Twitter. That, that'd be kind of cool. Just be like, hey, guys, listen to the episodes. I don't know. Just say something. If, you, if you're if you too scared to write a comment on Insta, on iTunes, just, just do it on, on Twitter and just say, hey, and we'll retweet you and show you some love, too. So I have an idea. If you... Listeners, if you write a review on iTunes, I will read it on the show. <laughs> Lucky. Wow. And and uh, I'll I'll add on to that. Every every single uh, comment that we get tweeted at, uh, we'll re- retweet and respond to you guys. Um, have just thank you guys for uh, for listening and stuff. So enter my mentions with your Trubisky takes. Do it. <laughs> yeah. I dare you. Try to tell Jake that Trubisky sucks. <laughs> I- dare you. <laughs> <laughs>
He feeds off your energy. <laughs> he feeds off your negative energy. It's true. <laughs> it only makes me stronger. <laughs> Sweet. All right, guys. Well, um, I'm Josh. I'm Jake. And I'm Chris. And we're signing off. Bear down. Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Back to the same old place. Sweet home, Chicago. Chicago.